Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the post-game show right after Bayern Munich's 2-2 draw with Bayer Leverkusen in the Bundesliga. What a crazy, crazy result that ended up being. We, if you didn't see the game, we really can't specify enough the wild swings of emotion, how this at one point looked like Bayern Munich was going to run away with it, only to cough up a lead twice and uh, really get the result that, honestly, I think Bayer Leverkusen deserved to win, given how they performed over the greater portion of the match. So uh, if you're a Bayern fan, I don't know if you could be necessarily pleased with that result, but if you're a Leverkusen fan, you absolutely will take that point on the road and run with it. Wow. (laughs) I'm still a little bit stunned from what I just saw. So let's get right into it. First, let's look at Thomas Tuchel's starting lineup. A couple of surprises there. Uh, First and foremost, Yeshua Kimmich was included in the lineup. We weren't sure if he was going to play. He has that injured thigh. It looked like it might keep him out earlier in the week, but he did get the call and he started with Leon Goretzka in the central midfield. Uh, of course, at goalkeeper, it was Sven Ulreich. The back line had some interesting choices as well. At center back, Tuchel opted to go with Dio Upamakano and Kim Min Jae. Upamakano was banged up during the international break, but seemingly he was okay. I thought he performed pretty well. Uh, it wasn't his best match by any means, but I didn't think he was bad. Uh, on the outer flanks of the defense, we saw Conrad Limer get the call at right back, and I thought Limer did... Uh, a fairly good job. He was, especially earlier in the match, he was an absolute animal defending and tackling. Seems to be a pretty good fit for that position. It will be interesting to see what Tuchel does down the road with that. But on the opposite side of Limer was Alfonso Davies. Uh, Thomas Muller got the call over Jamal Musiala at the 10. Musiala was in doubt given his injury status. So it wasn't really shocking that he didn't start. Uh, and we'll get into a little bit about what happened with Muller and Musiala in terms of the subbing there uh, a little bit later on in this podcast. Uh, at striker, of course, was Harry Kane. There was never a doubt that Kane would get the start. And at the wing positions, we saw Leroy Sané and Serge Gnabry. So a strong lineup for Bayern Munich. Tuchel did a couple of things that I guess were not fully expected. I mean, he's never going to really put out there what he's thinking about certain players in terms of starting them. And I know he wanted to keep Bayer Leverkusen in the dark about what was going on with Kimmich and Musiala. So a little bit of subterfuge there from, from Tuchel. So he, he played the game best he could, he could in terms of keeping some of his, uh, the injury status of some of his players secret. Uh, The starting lineup for the first 20 minutes was incredible. Uh, Constant pressure. They were attacking. They were relentless. It was really impressive. And if you saw the first 20 minutes, you really did come away thinking like this is this is as dominant as Bayern Munich has looked. And in the seventh minute, they got on the board uh, corner attempt from Leroy Sané got headed, flicked backwards by a Bayer Leverkusen defender right onto the head of Harry Kane, who put the ball in the net early one, nothing lead. And Byron was absolutely buzzing. And at this point, Kimmich and Goretzka looked like a world-class midfield pairing. Conrad Limer looked like perhaps the best right back in the world. I'm not saying he is that, but that's how good he was early in that match. Uh, we saw some excellent work from Leroy Sané and Thomas Muller. The one thing that did stick out even in that first 20 though was that Bayern Munich was having trouble finding ways to get Harry Kane in the game. And I know that sounds weird because he scored, 
but it was off of a set piece. And as we watched throughout the game, Kane has to continuously drop deeper to get the ball. And, and that's starting to be concerning. And I touched on this in, in previous podcasts. I don't think it's necessarily the time to hit the panic button that Bayern Munich doesn't know how to work with Kane or integrate Kane, but this needs to get better. It needs to get better soon. If you really want to maximize what you can get from Kane in the 24th minute, we did see Bayer Leverkusen after a couple of minutes where they were able to turn the tide, take advantage of it. And like I said, that 20 minute mark of the first half was really where things started to shift over to the Leverkusen side. There was a foul by Thomas Muller right outside the box. And I'll tell you what, uh, we saw a beautiful free kick from Alejandro Grimaldo who drilled it. Sven Ulrich had no chance, 24th minute. It was 1-1 and Bayern slowly started to lose steam. And it, it really did turn. Bayer Leverkusen was the more assertive team. They were the attacking team. They were the more physical team. They were the better team. And Bayern looked like it was just riding it out, hoping to get in the halftime. Right after that free kick goal, Tuchel was assessed a yellow card because he was not happy with the foul call. Push comes to shove. I would say it was a foul on Muller. It was unfortunate, but those things happen. 34th minute, Jonas Hoffman was given a yellow card as well. And we did enter halftime at 1-1. And at that point, it really did. It felt like Bayern was on life support. They were not looking great. They really couldn't catch their breath. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen had taken over that role, that buzzing role, and they looked just better. But in the second half, both teams, <laughs> I would say, I don't want to say they were flat, but I think they were a little bit tired because they seemed to scuffle a lot, go back and forth. And we started to see some of, I guess, the wear and tear from the international break for some of the players that were out there and then some of the rust from the other players. So Florian Verts was assessed a yellow card in the 47th minute. And right around the 61st minute, we did see Thomas Tuchel start to go to his bench. And of course, Shocking moves in some respects. Uh, Thomas Muller was taken out for Jamal Musiala. So not all that shocking there because Musiala was hurt. We pretty much expected to see him at some point. So a 30-minute appearance, that seems about right. Although Muller did not look too thrilled about coming out of the game. And, and honestly, I wouldn't have been if I was him either. I thought Muller played really well. As for the other sub, it was very interesting. Nusar Mizrawi came in for Yashua Kimmich. Now Kimmich was absolutely not happy to come out of the game and appeared to say something to Tuchel on his way by. Mizrawi came in and played right back. Conrad Limer shifted into the midfield. Uh, that would be key later. Uh, Limer, I thought, had a really good game. I thought he was uh, very strong at both positions. But Mizrawi, uh, the shock of him not starting, I think, was a, was a big one for a lot of fans. But he came in and I thought he did an admirable job as well. But the funny thing about that sub and why it's important to note is that when Muller was coming off the pitch, he gave the armband to Kimmich, who started to put it on. And then when Kimmich saw his number up on the board, it's like he could not believe he was coming off. And he then gave it to Le he gave the armband to Leon Goretzka. It was a crazy turn of events. You could tell Kimmich was irritated. And if you heard any of my commentary about Kimmich and Flick, Hansi Flick, during the uh, All or Nothing documentary, Kimmich is not afraid to voice his opinion to a coach about something he doesn't like, even in the moment. And I think that he and Tuchel are probably going to have some words at some point over the next couple of days, if not right now, 
uh, about how that all played out. I think Kimmich was embarrassed that he was given the armband and then taken right off. I mean, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I thought Goretzka was going to be the one coming off just because Tuchel doesn't seem to like Goretzka as much. And I thought Limer would shift in and play with Kimmich in the midfield, but did not work out that way. And it's a good thing Goretzka did not come off. And we'll find out in just a few minutes why. Uh, Tepsoba was assessed a yellow card in the 69th minute. Tuchel then went to the bench again. Matisse Tell, another key substitute, came in for Serge Gnabry. Gnabry just didn't have it today. Didn't look like himself. As we know with players like Gnabry and Sané, they they can put you on a little bit of a roller coaster ride. This was definitely a a valley for Gnabry. So hopefully in the next game, he can start to work his way back up that hill. And man, it, it got crazy from here. The 85th minute, another surprising substitution. Eric Maxim Chupomoting came on for Harry Kane. Uh, Matthijs De Ligt came in for Conrad Limer. So there was that whole, uh, it's a, it's, it's, it is a dynamic that we did not expect, but uh, Tuchel using Delict to play in front of the back line was is something that that he has now done twice, and I don't know if it's to help shore up uh, the defense or or what the purpose is, or if it's to help Delict play faster. I don't know, but either way, uh, it ended up working out in some respects because in the 86th minute, Tell had the ball on the left side of the box slid a pass in centrally and Goretzka was waiting there, deposited the ball in the back of the net two one lead. Everyone was euphoric. Everyone thought Bayern Munich was going to win. Matisse tell was hero of the day for delivering it. Leon Goretzka was the great redemption story. The player that the coach didn't even want to play is now the hero. And then it all fell apart. <laughs> uh, we did have Leverkusen make a couple of subs, but uh, Alfonso Davies for all the good that Davies does. He he has been prone to some mistakes occasionally, and usually they're not defensive mistakes in, in his own end in terms of how he's man-on-man defending. Usually with Davies, it's it's losing possession too much or it's losing his defensive awareness, his spot on the field, marking his man further up the pitch, which leads to bigger counterattacks. This time it was just a, a sloppy, unnecessary challenge in the box. Uh, last year, we saw something similar with Matthijs De Ligt, where it was a completely unnecessary play. It didn't need to happen. Of course, results in a penalty. Uh, Davies was called for the foul on Hoffman in the box. They took a look at it with the VAR. And Ezekiel Palacios was able to beat Sven Ulreich 2-2 in the fourth minute of extra time. And after a couple of more subs from Bayer Leverkusen, that is how it would end 2-2. What a crazy turn of events. I'm still kind of reeling from it because I was all set for this great story about Leon Goretzka having the game winner. Matisse Tell, the young budding star playing outside where I think he really is going to be able to flourish and creating offense from the wing. It was such a good story until it all went down the toilet when Davies fouled Jonas Hoffman. I, I want I to just say... I'm not super thrilled with how Bayern Munich played. I thought for 20 minutes, they were excellent. I thought for the next 65 minutes, 60 minutes, I guess, about 65 minutes, they were average. And then I thought they really picked it up. I was 
happy to see how the subs came in and impacted the game. And at that point, it was back and forth. I mean, I can't emphasize enough. Bayer Leverkusen had some golden opportunities. Victor Boniface was, he had three or four just chances that you have to bury if you're a top tier striker and he could not do it. And that bailed Bayern Munich out. So at that point, you you see Boniface miss a couple of times. You see Goretzka get the bowl. You think get the goal. You think all is good, and then the penalty happens, and it was really really disappointing. Uh, at this point in the season, you, you do have to look at Bayern Munich, and you have to say they definitely have not hit their stride. And I didn't expect them to in this match, given it was coming off of an inter- international break, and also given that this was a Friday game, a Friday night in Germany. In the first match after international break, a terrible, terrible thing for Bayern Munich. Nobody's quite in sync yet. And I think that's why after about 20 minutes, they they, they lost their legs. They lost their drive a little bit. But for 20 minutes, man, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was it was a great thing. And I'm not super worried about the result. I want to say the 2-2 draw, it is what it is. It's a one-point you know match for each team. Leverkusen, I thought, maybe deserved a little bit better just given how they were able to fight back and and the energy that they played with and just how much pressure they put on Bayern Munich. But in the end, 1-1, well, not 1-1, 2-2, but a one-point takeaway for each team. I I do want to just explore a little bit the substitution of Matisse Tell. When he entered the match... To me, it was unclear where he was going to play. I know it was a natural fit for him to play wide, given who he was coming in for. And, you know, he was coming in for Gnabry. And I wasn't sure if there was going to be some kind of odd formation from Tuchel, but he did trust Tell to play on the outside. And Tell is doing something right now that none of the other wings are really doing effectively. And that's beating someone on the outside to create offense for others. Now, Leroy Sané is maybe playing the best he's ever played at this point. He's creating great offense for himself early in the match or actually it was the, yeah, early in the first, not early in the first half, but toward the end of the first half, he did have Thomas Muller wide open in the top of the box, delayed making the pass, decided to do a little bit of footwork and go on his own. And it was a good attempt, but it wasn't the right decision in my mind. Cause I think he had to play Muller early. He had to do one of two things. He either had to shoot earlier or play Muller earlier in the end, he held the ball a little bit too long, cost himself a, uh, an easier look at the net. Uh, it's tough to knock Sané. That's not what decided the game. The point is that Sané has been really, really good, but he has not specialized at creating offense for others. And, and neither has Gnabry. Gnabry has been more of a, has at least looked like more of a scorer at this point where he's looking for his own shots. And I think this is part of the issue with Harry Kane. When he's surrounded by two two wings like that who are having some success offensively in terms of creating for themselves and scoring, they're naturally going to tend to, to, to want to go on their own with Kane. I think he needs the type of players around him that are going to feed him. And I'm not calling for Matisse tell to start by any means, but I think it's going to be worth a longer look at tell getting the opportunity to play a little bit more at wing, seeing what he can do. Uh, is a little bit reminiscent of how Jamal Musiala played at wing because Musiala, when he was a winger, was so dynamic at creating for others while also being able to make the right decisions of when to go on his own. 
And I still am yearning for, for Musiala to get a chance to play more at wing because I just think he's that good there. But Tell looks like he has some of those same qualities and he's able to break down defenders the same way. He's he's very quick. He obviously ha- has a nose for the goal himself, but he's unselfish. Now, it's very odd for a player at his age to be as unselfish as he is. And I know when you look at the Bayern Munich roster, you, ha- you might think to yourself, well, it's got to be easy to be unselfish. You're surrounded by superstars. But he's a kid looking to make a name for himself. And instead of taking that, I don't want to call it selfish, but looking to do things on his own and prove himself that way. He's working within that team concept. And when he found Goretzka, it was just a fantastic play. I couldn't say enough good things about tell and how he approached that situation and his ability to execute the situation to get the pass in and find Goretzka. As for Goretzka, big credit to him. I thought he had another really good game. Uh, This is a guy who has been shredded on social media. He, you know, allegedly is not a favorite of the coach, but all he has done this season is bring his A game each and every match. He's been very, very good. And I know some of your ears are bleeding with me saying that, but I, I was happy for the player to see him come through like that. I'm sure it meant a lot to him. You could tell by the reaction on the bench uh, when he scored. It wasn't just about the moment. It wasn't about just taking the lead. Those players on the bench that went out and celebrated with him, there was some genuine happiness for him because it sounds weird to say he's been through a lot, but he kind of has. I mean, the media hasn't been so kind to him. Tuchel, you know, if you believe all the stories that are out there has, has doesn't really have much time for him. Hansi Flick left him home uh, from the last international break. A lot of things were not breaking right for Leon Gretzka, but it looks like he has got his game on track. I think it's going to be very difficult to take him out of the lineup at this point, even though Conrad Limer played really well as a right back. And then eventually when he moved into the midfield played, uh, put in a little decent shift in the brief time he was there. Um, it's going to be tough to, to get that job away from Goretzka if he keeps playing like this overall uh, you take the point here because I feel like Byron got outplayed for the majority of the game. It's not a good result by any means when you're home and you're the more talented better, more experienced, faster, any adjective you want to add. When you're that much better of a team, you should get the three points. They did not. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen earned it. They got that point. They probably feel a little bit cheated, like they could have walked out with two more points, given how many uh, opportunities that they they missed. I know that Victor Boniface is definitely not going to uh, sleep well tonight with all of those opportunities that he missed. But this is going to be a good return match later in the season. I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm very intrigued to see how it goes. Byron does need to be more consistent. They do need to maintain their level of effort and energy over the course of 90 minutes. We have yet to see them really string together an attack that looks free-flowing and in sync. And I think that if if you need to see anything as a fan, it's that. The defense has been pretty solid overall. There's been some ups and downs. The midfield, I think, has been great. Sven Ulreich has been really good. And I listen, I know some of you will get into the technical details of it. He's made most of the stops he's needed to, to make as, as Manuel Neuer's replacement, including a big save late in the match. And yes, he absolutely got bailed out because Florian Verts missed a golden opportunity by hitting the post. Uh, that was something that I know 
if you're Florian Verts, you're you're absolutely kicking yourself too. I mean, that's why I'm saying, I mean, Leverkusen, I felt like totally outplayed them. And that was the 78th minute when Verts hit the post. Leverkusen was really good. Bayern has some work to do. Not worried about it yet, but there definitely needs to be something done about how the attack is flowing and how the wingers are playing. It's great that they have such good scoring ability, but they need to start getting the ball more to Harry Kane. And I think that's why I've been so eager to see Thomas Muller play behind Kane because we know he will get the ball in, but even Muller had some problems getting on the ball today, which is usually not an issue. This has become a very odd attack to watch uh, function when they're actually trying to score and not just possess. So something to keep an eye on, but 2-2 draw, Bayern Munich, Bayern Leverkusen. It lived up to that marquee showdown in some ways, uh, but uh, not in others, obviously, because it was it was a little bit sloppy from Bayern Munich, especially in the second half there. So that's about it for this post-game show. Uh, if you get a chance, please check out the weekend warm-up podcast. I hit on a lot of things there, a lot of German national team uh, news, especially with Hansi Flick getting the boot and also taking a look at the All or Nothing series. So I encourage you to check that out. And uh, you know, I will be back next week doing that one. Uh, also, keep an eye out for our flagship show, which will drop late Sunday night into Monday morning. I'm sure we'll have a couple of great podcasters on that who will be able to give you their takes on the weekend, what's going on with Bayern Munich, including what happened in this match. And I'm sure they have some different thoughts than I do uh, on this one. So have a great weekend. I know the Friday game kind of sets everybody back and pushes everyone's schedule off a little bit, but uh, enjoy it. Enjoy the rest of the Bundesliga matches and check out Bavarian Football Works for all of our great post-game coverage. You can get me at the Barrel Blog on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get Tom Adams at TommyAdams71. You can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. And like I said, check out all the great post-game stuff at BavarianFootballWorks.com. Have a great rest of your weekend. Try and shake this draw off, and we'll see you next time.